When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Soccer 101 with Moon and Rockio. Welcome back to Soccer 101. I am Moon, and that is my good friend Rockio over there. And it's uh, it's been a few weeks, Rockio, but uh, dude, I mean it's it's late January, and we're we're talking about St. Louis City SC soccer already, and we're talking about it a couple weeks away. Yeah, just out of the gate. I mean, usually at this time you think, well, we're just talking some signings, we're talking some off-season moves. No, everybody, we're, we're under a month away from City returning uh, to the pitch, to the field at City Park. They'll be playing the Houston Dynamo in the first round of the CONCACAF Champions Cup. And yep. so right out of the gate uh, on February 20th, they're playing a game. So we're under a month in. we got some new players. They're in training camp right now in Florida, and uh, there's already been some changes to that schedule. So we're in the thick of things. It's happening. We are definitely in the thick of things. Uh, so he's referencing the uh, home opener. It's a home opener against Houston. And then, you know, a few days later is the home opener for the MLS schedule. But uh, let's get back to that in just a minute. Let's talk about some of the exciting signs. And we'll, then we'll wrap up the podcast with um, with the schedule. We'll, we'll do a whole breakdown of home and away and what we can expect in the MLS schedule. Because honestly, just looking at it, it is freaking exciting. It's, it's, it's an exciting schedule. Dude, there are... There are six matches just in June alone, 28 days, six matches uh, just for the MLS schedule. So it's going to be a wild one, um, and it's really cool that we get to kick it off at home. But let's talk about let's, – let's go from the bottom up. So, And I don't mean bottom up as in uh, uh, talent. I mean in age. So Miggy Perez got loaned away to a Birmingham uh, FC in the USL, uh, and I think this is great. He's going to get minutes. Miguel Perez is going to get minutes, and that we love. And we didn't, uh, we didn't trade him. We didn't, um, you know, we didn't get rid of him. Uh, it's a loan move. And I kind of expected, I thought it was going to happen last year, uh, but they kept him up. And um, I think this is great. What do you think, Rocchio? Yeah, I think the move probably would have happened uh, had the injury not come down for, for Miggy, uh, kind of throws things off. And then you wonder, you know, where's the window? Can he get acclimated to the team where he's going to be able to get the minutes anyhow? But basically, the, you know, it's, it's a similar thing to what they did with Sam Adenarin to start last season. He goes to USL side, and if you're not aware, because I think sometimes it gets muddled in the United States, essentially the, the pyramid or the tiers of United States soccer are MLS is one, USL is two, and then MLS next is three. So if he wasn't, if he doesn't get loaned away and he doesn't break into the first team, he's playing, he's playing with MLS next, which is the third tier. So this way he gets more minutes and a better tier, tier of competition and so he's just developing, and that's that's just a good thing for St. Louis City. And again, you have the option to recall, like I just talked about with Sam Adenner in this past year. So if you get injuries injuries in the midfield spots with Durkin, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, or or, or Bloom, well then you can just bring him back, uh, you know, terminate the loan, bring him back, and then and then you have him right there, ready to go. Yeah, it's a best case scenario. And you know what? Um, okay, so so Miguel Perez is 18 years old. Uh, hometown hero last year, and I forgot that he actually featured in 18 matches across yep. all competitions. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, 
I, there was probably nine or ten super memorable ones. Um, but yeah, eighteen matches. So he did get some experience last year, uh, and it was great. And it pay off, paid off um, uh, with with some goals. He had a two goal performance in a loss in a conference playoff semifinal, but still um, very very cool. So good for him. So let's let's move on to the next. Uh, and and you and I. <laughs> You and I are excited. I don't even know these guys, but I'm excited that we are eyeballing and we are signing contracts for left backs and right backs. We are bringing wing backs into the squad. Let's start off with the sign, the signing of uh, St. Louis City signs. Nicholas, is it Dyer? D-H- it's uh, Dyer, actually. Dyer, D-Y-H-R. I knew Rocchio was going to know the pronunciation. I knew it. It's Dyer, which, which, which shocked the hell out of me and confused me. But yeah, Nicholas Dyer comes over, uh, another Danish player, to St. Louis City FC uh, and SC, it's, it's a smart move mainly because we just talked about what they need on the other side. You know, more I'd probably say a little bit more of a defensive-minded uh, guy than the guy we're going to talk about a little bit later. But nonetheless, still more of an offensive-minded player than they had back there at certain spots. And obviously, you get depth at left back, and it's more important because then Kyle Hebert can get a kick inside. Now you have more left back. Now you have more depth, I should say, at center back. It's just a great move overall. And when you think about the style that City plays, it's really one of the big things we talked about is how do you fix this team? What's the big um, spot that's open going into this next season? Well, it was right back, left back, and then maybe little spots elsewhere on the team. But those were the two big ones for us. And right at the gate, you get Dewyer and you change the depth of that left back spot. Dewyer, Dewyer, Dewyer. Yes, they talked a lot about – I mean, Coach was talking a lot about – and Venice deal – was talking a lot about how he fits into the philosophy of uh, of the city play. Um, he's 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 pretty familiar with this type of uh, play. He's also he's he's heavy on the left side, which I love that he's like you know a, like a left side guy. We're not talking mm-hmm. about just a fender that kind of floats. I love it when people are are in those zones. He's only twenty two, but he does have a lot of experience, and he's won titles in both youth and senior level in Denmark. And has played in Champion League's uh, Champions League competitions and in Europa League. So this is an experienced guy that's going to come in uh, and and do well for the club. I have a feeling. Uh, anything else on on this guy? I mean, he's he's um he's he's been making impressions over in Denmark for for some time. We're talking like U16 level. Uh, so he's 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 destined to move around the planet and and yeah. play big ball. I'm excited. I think it's fantastic when you look at what the MLS schedule is and you look at the fact that it's going to be beefed up because you're playing in the Concacaf competitions and things like that, you need depth. And, and, and they have Mark Hanek, who obviously is a very attacking-minded player, but getting getting more depth in there, it's just it's so important. Like you said, he's a winner. He's a gamer right out of the gate. And so, yeah, I love the move from City. And, and when you look at the financials of it, it was a great move from a front office perspective as well. I liked it. Uh, so another guy with Champions League and Europa League matches uh, under his belt uh, is uh, the next uh, acquisition from St. Louis City, and that is Norwegian-American right back, right back, uh, Tomas Totland, or Totland, from uh, Swedish first division club BK Hacken. Um, undisclosed transfer fee, again, signed a three-year deal with a club option in 2027, which is the same deal uh, for Duyer. And uh, this is exciting as well. Uh, he's a national for both Norway and the U.S., so he's got dual, uh, dual you know, national uh, vibe, which is uh, which is killer. He played the last two seasons at BK Hacken. He's 24. He's a right back, and again, he's seen Europa League stuff. He's seen Europa League qualifiers, Champions League qualifiers, uh, and had uh, 10 appearances last year with an assist. So, 
Swedish guy, another European uh, back. And from what I can understand, he also plays a similar type of, uh, of formation in ball that St. Louis City SC uh, played last year and most likely will be going forward with. Um, so again, I know, Rocchio, you and me, we've been talking about defense, 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 and how we just need some a, a solid four, a solid back with some depth, obviously. It'd be great to have six that we can rely and trust on that know how to work together. And I think signing these guys on three-year deals shows that they're uh, – they're committed to to fitting these guys in for a long term scheme. Yeah, young players who fit your scheme. I mean, it just it, it's it's no brainer kind of moves right now that they're making. And again, we talked about from the right spot getting more width on this team with with how you play this style. Again, he's played this style before. He's he's a right back, which we just talked about. Again, this one changes your depth as well because now you can play a Keel Watts. He gives you more center. He can give you more center uh, center defensive midi depth. So now you can do a thing where you loan away a guy like Mickey Perez and he doesn't have to just languish on the bench until somebody gets hurt. You have a Kia Watts who can go into different spots. Heck, you could even play um, Norwinski, I think, maybe as, as a center back if you went with a back five. So, I mean, it changes your depth. It changes what you're really able to do. And that's a big move if, if you're St. Louis City SC. The big thing with Totland, a little bit more of an offensive player. I also think the big thing with him has to be that, you know, he, he cuts in um, – he can be an inverted fullback at times where he likes to cut inside onto his off foot, which means he's good with his left foot and his right foot. He can play both sides. Obviously that's again, that's more, that's more versatility that gives you more depth. But again, I just wonder how it's going to be. Durier is also with his, with his offensive game. He likes to get inside a little bit more than your classic out and out, you know, by the bot, you know, to the byline, you know, fullback or wingback. Both these guys like to cut inside a little bit more. I don't know if that's maybe just something that, we see, or I'm sure it's something that City will use, you know, sign players and then tell them, hey, don't do something that, that, you're, that you're good at. I'm just yeah. wondering, how does that incorporate with the style we've seen? How does that incorporate with how we were talking about the wingbacks coming in and improving this team? Because I'm thinking you got a lot of big strikers. You couldn't break down good defenses last year. This helps you get a little bit wider, helps you spread out teams a little bit more. Do you lose that? And, and, and what do you gain if you're talking about instead of those fullbacks being, you know, guys throwing crosses from the byline, you know, what, how does that change the look if instead they're doing that, they're cutting inside and maybe opening things up for an overlap or any other, you know, behind them. I think it just gives them a lot of opportunities to do different things. But I think it's a big thing for City going forward. Yeah, there's, so, so there's a lot going down. And I, I know we don't want to, we don't need to cover everything, but we have. Um, uh, uh, happened. A lot's been happening. Yeah, Aziel Jackson called up to the uh, U.S. men's national team okay. winter camp. That was great. We also, uh, here I see a headline, St. Louis City SC acquires U.S. YNT midfielder Chris Durkin from D.C. United uh, via a trade. But I, th I think some of the big news that we haven't covered here in the last couple of weeks was Joe Akini, the move with Joe Akini. Tell me some details. Yeah, so that was going back and forth a little bit. Uh, Manuel Vape is a guy that I, I've been following a lot. If you don't follow him on Twitter, I would. Also, Fabrizio Romano is, is another guy who – who uh, reports a lot, um, you know, of the, of the transfer news, and, and he was he kept reporting Nico to Como 1907, which is a Serie B team, second division of Italian soccer. Which literally, I <laughs> Moon, do yourself a favor. I tweeted this out earlier. Do yourself a favor. Google Como 1907. Click and then and then click on their stadium, and then click on images, and then look at some of the views that you get when you play at Como. 1907 stadium because it's right on Lake Como 
which is one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't have to go there. <laughs> so, like, if you're Nico, you grew up, you you lived in Parma for a few years when you were a kid, and now you get to go live, you know, play on the, on the side of Lake Como. Oh my gosh. It looks like a greeting card. Dude, it's literally like, I mean, you can take a boat to the stadium and you park your boat and then, you know, 40 <laughs> yards and you're in your seat. Now, and it's surrounded by mountains too. That's the most yeah. gorgeous thing ever. But do remember what Nico talked about. Nico talked about, you know, how, how amazing uh, the country is and the football and everything, but how different and just an upgrade in all of the amenities that come with St. Louis City SC uh, City Park training facilities. Uh, from the inside to the out, I'm looking at the stadium. It's an old school stadium, and I'm sure it's beautiful oh, yeah. on, on game day. But there's no way they're touching what the uh, players are getting amenity wise provided by St. Louis City SC. So you know he's going to miss that. Um, but wow, dude! I mean, look yeah, at you're that. not I'm wrong. Lo- and <laughs> I'm looking incredible. at a night game picture, and oh my gosh, I just want to go and and sit on the field and look at the it's, mountains. It's unbelievable. But the, the reports right now, and Fabrizio Romano on on Twitter. Uh, his last tweet coming out of about uh, yet early yesterday, I want to say, was that the paperwork's into the MLS. It's all agreed to, and right now the reported deal is two million dollars plus another two million uh, based on incentives and clauses and things like that that could come down the road for Joe Akini to go to Como 1907. So that's a that's a good move in my opinion for your third striker. There was some um, news earlier this week around a German striker by the name of. Cedric Tuchert, I believe, is the pronunciation for it. That got the kibosh um, on Tuesday by Manuel Veth on Twitter because essentially there's too much money. He's also a free agent, though, and their their contracts end in June in the German League. And so it could be a target that maybe City signs when his contract ends midseason for City, but at the end of the season for second Bundesliga. So Okay, so, so you think they'd be eyeing that guy if, if Joe Akini left? And do you think they would just kind of leave the hole there and, and hope for the best in June? Or, I mean, what do you think well, would happen there? I mean, they, it's, they would want to fill that. You have to have, you got to have a rotating cast of goal scorers if you're going to have any sort. I mean, when, when, uh, uh, when we had the injury last, last year, I mean, that was like a, oh, God, panic moment. You know, you call up Sam and thank goodness he delivered, uh, you know, here and there. And that, that made a huge difference. But had he not, and Joe Akini's not there, what, what do you do? Well, I think I think you, it, this would come down to their confidence in some of the younger um, attackers, and, and maybe not necessarily out and out strikers. You know, if you can get goals from a guy like Celio Pompeu, maybe not in a traditional striker role. If Noki Thorson, he's six two. I mean, if he if he's getting you goals from from outside on the wing, maybe you don't necessarily need an out and out striker. And for all I know, Caden Glover is is going to shock these guys at the training camp over the next couple months in Florida here or, or California. And he's the guy who, who's that attacker that they say, we want to get him minutes if there's a bad injury. But at the same time, I mean, June's not, I mean, June's not that deep into the season. I mean, that's, that, that gives you some, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not going to make a move. I mean, $2 million plus 2 million potentially in your pocket down the road. I think they're going to make a move. It's just probably not going to be for somebody who's at the threshold of the DP money, which is, you know, uh, you know, one and a half, almost, you know, 1.65 million or whatever it is. Yeah, I hope so, but it just goes to show you that we need a solid, uh, trusted midfield. We need a midfield that's going to provide whatever it is that they need to provide to whomever it is they need to provide, whether it's out-and-out strikers or, like, you know, fill-ins, like you said, basically. Um, 
people that you're expecting to kind of move move around and float in positions. Um, hopefully, we have super solid, well trained, and uh, and well conditioned midfield that. Uh, well, Speaking of the midfield, speaking of the midfield, they, they got another body in there as well. And obviously that Chris Durkin trade is going to be huge. I, I really do think that getting more depth. I mean, you, you talked about it at the very beginning of the episode. Mickey Press had 18 games. That was an 18-year-old who was still in high school. And, and part of that was because you either you needed one, uh, just another defensive midfielder because you had three games in a seven-day span, or you ha- you were being forced to you know play him at, you know, you were being forced to play a two defensive midi spot just because of the team you were playing and the system you wanted to play. So it was Blom and Miggy, and then Luvin was somewhere else. Well, now you get Durkin in there instead of a Miggy, and it just completely ups the the quality of your 11 out there every day. And so I think Chris Durkin was just such a great move. Again, losing Jared Stroud, that's a rough one. But when you look at the attacking talent, not just on the first team, when you look at the attacking talent in the pipeline, again, I already mentioned a guy like Caden Love. When you look at that kind of attacking talent, I'm okay with making that trade for Stroud, for Durkin, every single day of the week. You then went back and augmented your depth on the back line. I I, I love the Durkin trade because it gives you depth when you have those three-game weeks, but also it gives you the possibility of a two-midi pairing of Blom and Durkin, which I just think would make you one of the best ball control or, or, or chaos control kind of guys, kind of teams in the entire league. I love that potential there for City. And it just it just rounds out what I thought was a great offseason for them. Yeah, they've been active enough, and um, and uh, you know Western Conference champions last year. So obviously, there uh, there is no uh, there's no excuses this 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 year coming out of the gate. Yeah, everybody's expecting, point, you, you know what I mean. Every everybody's expecting something. We're no longer the underdogs. We're no longer yeah. the oh you know let's treat them like this expansion team. Like it's it's um, it's old news. There are teams that have been around a few seasons longer that are still going to be treated. Uh, as kind of new teams, and I don't think St. Louis City SC will be after what they pulled off in the Western Conference last year. Uh, and obviously, like I said, an active enough offseason, people are expecting uh, good things, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be good. I think that pressure is is gonna be good, and hopefully, we deliver. Speaking of so many matches in a short amount of time, let's talk about the schedule before we get out of here. Um, you mentioned the uh, the first match, first official match is a Concacaf qualifier. Uh, that's in February, and it's a home game, which is so sweet. February twentieth. What do you think the weather is going to be like? Uh, you know what? I I think it's going to be fine. I don't care. It's not going to be like this. So, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be fine. It's. I I don't. I loved. But dude, when I was playing, I loved playing in that kind of weather. That unexpected. Maybe it's. Maybe it's wet. Maybe it's cold. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> I did, man. I didn't like the idea of it, but once you get out there, you're just like, yes, this is my this is my battleground, and I love it. Um, and then four days later, on a Saturday, home opener for the MLS, we kick it off against Real Salt Lake. That's going to be great. A 7.30 start Saturday, February 24th, kicks off the MLS season. Uh, and then uh, March, five matches, five matches, Saturday, 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 Saturday. The second against New York City FC, the ninth against Austin FC, the 16th against LAFC. Then we have uh, Saturday the 23rd, that is against DC United. And then again against Real Salt Lake on Saturday, March thirtieth. Do you have a schedule in front of you? I I am looking at that schedule, but I'm also I think it's fascinating. You got to keep looking at the Concacaf Champions Cup schedule because you got to balance them out. If you keep on advancing, well then you're you're, you're playing first legs, second legs, you know games that are always going to throw a wrench in there. They get they create the, the big thing is always three game weeks when you got to play maybe MLS Saturday. 
CONCACAF Wednesday, MLS Saturday, or MLS Sunday, maybe it's three and eight. That's the big question because then the question comes down to, right out of the gate, can you get away with playing both Klaus and Adeneran in all three games? Can you get away with playing both Durkin and Blom in all three games? How do you situate your, your, your rotation at your left wing and right wing spots and your left back and right back spots? Can you get away with playing Tim Parker and Nofi Thorson? Not Nofi Thorson, excuse me, uh, Joakim Nielsen. Can you get away with playing those guys three times in a week? And how many times can you get away with that? Those are the interesting things that come with, with, with soccer is that when you're a successful team, it poses you with a lot more questions because if you're successful in the CONCACAF Champions Cup, more questions pop up and you say, okay, what do we do this week? Do we have a one-striker setup or do we have a two-striker setup because we need to space these guys out? Because like you said, maybe not until the first couple of months do we have a third striker. So I think that's, that's the big question going forward with this schedule. And I think it's fun for us to debate and, and kind of wonder about. But man, I bet it's I bet it's frustrating as hell inside the room. Yeah, I bet it is, man. And assuming we go we go far in those qualifiers, uh, it is going to be a heck of a schedule. But uh, man, I don't know. I th- I think it's I think it's a great thing. It's not going to be an easy thing. But uh, oh god, no. You know, all the teams that go that far and that are going for that uh, that Concacaf uh, championship, um, they're fighting the same battles. So uh, I think I think March is going to be it's going to be a heck of a uh, sign of things to come for the season, uh, just like it was just like it was last year. So real quick, real quick, that February 24th, that's a home match. The second week is also a home match. That's Saturday, March 2nd. Then it's away, away, home again on the 23rd. Then we hit in April, Saturday the 6th against FC Dallas. That's another home match. Then the following weekend, Sunday the 14th, Austin FC at home. That'll be Austin within... Uh, pretty much within five weeks there twice and get those out of the way. And then it closes with an away game in April, Saturday the 20th against Sporting KC. And, and just a quick example right there, that Dallas-Austin stretch on in April, the April 6th, April 14th, that's one of those stretches like there. If you're in the quarterfinals, that's the second leg of your quarterfinals between those two home games. So wow. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a stretch where you're thinking, well, we're at home twice. You know, we're at home twice in, in an eight-day span. That's gravy, baby. That's a soft part of our schedule. Not so much. Hold up. That could be another three three games in eight days where one of them, maybe, for all you know at that point, for all you know, you're traveling to, to freaking Azteca to face Club America because it's the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. So, I mean, that's a hellacious aspect and variable that gets added to City's schedule this year. That's yeah. – it, it, I think they're going to, you know, these, these these guys aren't effing around. They're going to go for wins. And so yeah. I, I think we're going to be looking at them saying, you know, we're, we're playing everybody. Or we're playing as many people as we can. And so injuries and, and again, these depth questions are going to be, are going to be huge right out of the gate. If you're winning, if you're not, it gets a little easier, but then who wants that? That means, that means they lost to freaking Houston in the early round. I don't want that. Yeah, that is going to be rough. And then it's followed up with two, I mean, three months of just packed schedule. Rocky, look at this, dude. May, away, it starts uh, on the 4th man, man. Uh, in in Houston. So Texas again, uh, but uh, away this time. And then Saturday the 11th is a home game against Chicago Fire. Then we have LAFC home on the 15th of May. Then we're away at FC Cincinnati, and that is on the 18th of May. And then on the 25th, we're home against Seattle. Then June, right right afterwards, Saturday the 1st, that's an away match. Oh, shoot, who is that? I can't even see that logo. 
Is that Inter Miami? I that is Inter Miami. That's the big one on June first. Yeah, so that's an away match, uh, followed by a home match following Saturday the eighth against the uh, Timbers. Then we have FC Dallas away on the fifteenth. Then home on the nineteenth on Wednesday against FC Dallas. So. It, I'm sorry, against the Colorado Rapids. So there are six matches here in June within 28 days because then there's a home match that Saturday against Atlanta, and then they follow it up by going all the way to freaking Vancouver on the 29th. June's going to suck. Well, that's when you get that's when you get your uh, free German striker. So you're, <laughs> you'll, you'll be good. You'll be good right there. Good point. Yeah, it might be a perfect time to pull somebody yeah, in. Actually- I think it actually happens on June 31st is when their their season ends, if I remember correctly. So it wouldn't right. be until July. Well, so that's that's crazy because so Saturday, June 29th is the end of the June run against the Whitecaps over in Vancouver, and then we come back against San Jose for a home match a few days later on Wednesday, July 3rd. Then the seventh again. So there are no breaks here. Uh, the seventh again is against uh, the Colorado Rapids. That's away. Yeah. That's that's your you got to take advantage of, of that June and July schedule because again even best case scenario you're out you're out of the Concacaf at that point and I'm thinking I mean Dallas Colorado Atlanta Vancouver San Jose Colorado Vancouver that's that's a seven game stretch that you got to take some points because then you come out of it Seattle Kansas City Portland L.A. Galaxy that one maybe softens up a little bit but those three are hard right there I mean you got to win a lot of games. Which they didn't do this year necessarily in June and July. You got to take advantage of June and July this year. You got to win those dog days because the schedule tightens back up there going into August. You're right about that. And then, but then you get, I mean, that's when you get the break though. And that'll be a good thing because you get Kansas City and Seattle, excuse me. And that's when the break hits. Then you get everything else coming in August. So, I mean, you got to really, you got to hit the ground hard June and July going into that break. Yeah, you're right though. It's not really a break, but. You play stats and you compare it with the only season that we know that was last year. Uh, they did struggle a little bit in that midseason, uh, taking points. And and you're right. This is a this is a juicy schedule as far as where we can take points as long as they don't slump it like they did last year in that uh, center of the season. August, you're right. Starts off with the game uh, or starts off with the break and then doesn't close until uh, the uh, away game in Portland on the 24th. Scheduling. It's wild, dude. Then September LAFC that starts off a uh, home match on the first, uh, followed by a uh, who is that? Who is that? Uh, Revolution, New England Revolution away on the seventh, and then we play uh, Minnesota United here on the fourteenth away at San Jose Quake Quakes on the twenty-first, and then it's the Sporting KC. Uh, shall I say rematch? I mean, is it is it a re? I mean, listen. I mean, it'll be it'll be. Uh, hell, it'll be the seventh time they faced each other right out of the gate. Or no, it was it was five times last year, six, seven. It'll be the eighth time they've played, um, at the very least, in just the two years that that city's been around. So I mean, at yeah. that point, it, 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 it's a derby. It's a derby. But but it's but it's the home derby here where we're you know it's just uh, there's some just a bad taste left in our mouth from from last year how we uh, how we last left it. Well, there's, a bad, there's a bad taste around Kansas City soccer right now overall. So, Yep. Then LAFC on the 2nd of October. We got Houston on the 5th. That's a home game. And then Minnesota United away on October 19th. That is the MLS schedule. It's all going to be on the MLS season pass on Apple TV again. Uh, I just, uh, my my thing just swiped my, my credit card or, you know, charged me. So I'm, I'm in for the season. It's going to be great. Uh, Rocky, you got, you got anything else to add for this first of the year Soccer 101 podcast? 
I think the biggest thing for me, I don't know if you saw this, Moon, but did you see the reports coming out that Inter-Miami might be taxing their new acquisition, Luis Suarez, a little bit too much? Apparently, he, he you know, he's a little bit older. He needs a little bit more time between the games. Um, and they apparently played him uh, in a bunch of their friendlies already out of the gate in the preseason. And he's tired. He's already kind of feeling the needs a little bit. And I just I think it's just hilarious when I mean you get you're getting handed just here's the two most talented players in the league despite their age and somehow they're they're bungling it which is just it's hilarious but it's also aggravating because you know your card got swiped earlier Moon and and some of that money went to Lionel Messi and, and by hook or by crook and so uh, it's interesting that that's how that works and and Miami's allowed to mess around and possibly even break their new little toys. Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know where I land on Suarez. I I, I hated that guy. Well, don't land anywhere near his, his mouth because – That's what I'm saying. He might, he might take a chunk out. So yeah, so I'm I'm torn. I'll be fully transparent here. Like I'm I'm all about uh, second chances and redemption and forgiveness and all sorts of stuff. But that guy just was like not a good guy um, over in uh, over Edison in Cavani Europe. is my Uruguayan striker. Thank you very much. Yeah, dude. For the for the 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 first bite aggravated me enough, and I was like, well, that's like future. That's like sociopathic uh, behavior. And then the second bite over in the EPL, I was just like, dude. What? Why is this guy allowed to play right now? You know what I mean. And then, very, and then, very it, good at scoring goals. Then it becomes abundantly clear, yeah, that his talent is so freaking sick. And then he went to Spain, and I mean, like, the guy is an absolute all star. He's an absolute stud. I want to watch him, but at the same time, I, I, I'm just a little torn about how I feel about him. Um, you know, representing the MLS now. I don't know too much about his career after the second bite because I just wrote him off. I was like, I won't support this guy. Um, but again, I'm all about, I'm all about redemption. So hopefully he's like a better dude. Hopefully, you know, I want to hear some stories about him, like, you know, going to hospitals and helping babies or something like, tell me something good about this guy. So I can at least be okay with him being in the league and and me being interested in watching him. I don't want to completely talk out of turn, but and he didn't fall off because he was, I mean, he's still extremely talented. Um, but I mean, I want to see his last couple of years here. So he was at Gremio and it, it um, and that he was at Gremio in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, 25 points, 17 and eight, 17 goals, eight assists in 33 games. Nacional and also I think that's 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 I believe Argentina. Eight goals in 14 games. No, sorry, Nacional. That, that's that's Uruguay. My apologies. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about the guy off of the. I mean, side. He had 30. He banged in 32 goals across 67 appearances for Atletico. In 2020, 2021, and 2021, 2022. Yeah, he was, he was still putting up for. I mean, he, he fell out of he fell out of the numbers when he like scoring like 40 when he those like first couple of years at, at Barcelona. But God, he's still so ridiculously talented. And you saw what Messi can still do at his age. It doesn't matter when you're that good. And like you said before, Moon, I'll I'll just go off your opinion of MLS defending when I when I kind of grade what Luis Suarez is still going to be able to do to people. Um, I'll just put it this way. I don't I don't put it that much better than Brazilian defending. So 17 goals in 33 games, eh, sounds about right. If he can, I don't think he's going to be able to play 33 games. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't Even with the MLS schedule. But then again, I mean, Brazilian schedule is hellacious. Brazilian teams play yeah. an absolutely ridiculous amount of games. And so him playing 33 with the Brazilian schedule, I'm guessing he plays 26 in all competitions with Inter-Miami. 
and he probably puts in 14 goals. He'll he'll be effective, dude. He'll be effective. Yeah. But and, and and I'll fully admit, man, like, he'll be like I, 20, won't it? I'm gonna look like an idiot when he scores like 25 and like 20 appearances. I'll I'll admit, I, I don't know the guy outside of you know wearing a soccer jersey, but the jersey that he wore when I first saw him was Liverpool. So I I I, I will admit that I hate the guy for that. Um, <laughs> I will. I mean, it's like it's it's silly. It's stupid. It's it's like the sportman crap. You know, like I just uh, I hate the guy because I see him in Liverpool red, and and I don't like that. And I see red cards when he's biting people and doing intentional handballs to get to PKs, which. Um, which uh, won them uh, a match that shouldn't have won. Dude, I'm I'm going back to Liverpool stuff. I should stop hating because I'm not going to stop hating. <laughs> is, I actually I actually love when 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 soccer players go into their bag of, of hatred like that because they do it differently than any other sport. And so I actually really appreciated that. Thank you, Moon. I thought I was going to be the one who looked really cynical with a bunch of comments about money and and, and media deals and. And making sly comments about people biting, and then you just took it and ran. And so I just pre- somebody tell me he's a great guy. Somebody tell me he's like a nice dude, and he like I'm you sure know he does. wakes up early to figure yeah, out who he can sure. give money to. Let me, let me, um, uh, <laughs> I'll let me root. For, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy um, for you know for redemption of the biting. Let's, that's let's see if I can find it here. Um, not necessarily doing a great job of flying stuff right now. So we'll, we'll, we'll find more stories. I'm sure the journalists around Inter Miami will do a great job. We'll see some period. We'll see some great pieces, some profiles about Mr. Suarez. Tell me we, we failed to that. mention the fact that he bit anybody, but we'll mention <laughs> all the goals and the huge contracts. So I'm sure we'll find out something great. I'm sure the guy has sponsored a bajillion clubs and, and camps. I'm sure he probably partly owns some series, you know, some second division club in Uruguay. Hell, he's probably a part owner of Nacional, which I, Nacional, which is one of the biggest clubs in Uruguay, where he played when he was a kid, uh, a, a younger player. I'm sure he's a great guy, Moon. I don't have any facts, but just based on how this usually goes, I bet he does a lot of camps for kids. Oh, good. And, and, and then he also invites players on national television. Yep. Yep. Uh, thank no, you. I, I appreciate. I, it. Yeah, I, let, I I just want to. Yeah, I just want to know. I just want to know. I want to because I want to. I want to root for. I want the MLS to do great. <laughs> I don't want to. Cities in cities in training camp right now in Florida. Stay tuned for all the updates. Yeah, dude. Uh, all right, so let's wrap it up. Uh, this has been uh, Soccer One on One. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, subscribing if you haven't already. Subscribe. It's going to be a heck of a season. We are St. Louis City SC. Um, uh, podcast and and um, as in we are just like diehard fans so hopefully we're bringing you some information and uh, and and throwing it all into nice uh, one nice bag so you can have it week in week out and we'll be doing this weekly throughout the season thanks for being here rockio and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you next time until then go, go!